Hi, my name is Tiffany Bisco, and this is Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. Welcome to Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I'm Will Rucker, and I am so grateful that you are joining for today's episode as part of season three. And I still can't believe we're in our third season. And it's time we get to do some really fun things like meet with our guests in person. Yay. So excited to be here with you, <laughs> Tiffany. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. In this space, so we are at the center, which is one of your three locations. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was telling Tiffany before we started recording, it feels so good to be back in this space. I haven't been here in person in a couple years because of the pandemic, but I'm here today. Yeah. And it's great to have you back. Um, there's actually a lot of people who come in. It's the same kind of thing like, oh my gosh, I haven't been here in forever, you know, because we've all just been through so much of the separation and like, you know, we're very, we were limited here capacity as well for a while. Um, so now that we're completely open, um, they're, they're looking to build up again, build up everything that they had going before We had to shut it all down. (laughs) And it was certainly a very, very busy place. I know trying to reserve a room here was like 10 years in advance because it was so much interest. Yeah. Awesome. So now let's start at the beginning with your story. Okay. How did you land in Las Vegas? Well, um, my family moved here in the 90s. And then I actually went and I I grew up on Guam. Um, So I spent most of my childhood there. Um, But I still had family out here when I turned 18. So then when I was looking to kind of just expand, I graduated high school, whatever. Um, I just decided to come to Las Vegas and go to UNLV, actually. Um, And then I had family out here, so it just kind of drew me back out here. But I did actually live here um, in the 90s when it was really small. Um, And then I went back to Guam. Yeah, my first time in Vegas was also in the 90s. Okay. (laughs) And, of course, vacation, a little different. Right. But I I always wanted to live here. From the first time we came, I said, I want to make Vegas home. Really? And I just found out, I believe about a year ago, Mm -hmm. that when I was in my mom's womb, my parents were talking about moving here. Really? So that was really like a full circle thing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I was, because I came here when I was really young and then I moved back to Guam, um, I did kind of have these memories of when I was just a very young kid of um, just growing up out here. So then I'd always like be looking out for like Vegas things when I was back home on Guam and then... Yeah, it's crazy how we just ended up out here. So. so what would you say is the main difference in the culture in Guam and here in Las Vegas? Um, Guam is very – so the island is very small. Um, so we have a very um, tight-knit culture. Um, everyone knows everybody. We have, like, small villages on the island. Um, and everyone is very integrated in the culture. And 
it's well, yeah, you're immersed in it, really. Um, so I would say, you know, moving to Vegas, it's there's so many different types of people here, um, and everyone is spread out, also. So that was um, def a definite difference with people. But I mean, most locals, Vegas locals, are all generally super nice. So, you know, it's the same. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's I, the same. I love that, and yeah, yeah it is. It's such a unique experience here because of the diversity. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things I noticed when I actually moved here. Right. Vacationing, of course, I spent time on the strip and, you know, the whole world is there. Right. But when you live in the city, you get to see just how diverse we are. Mm -hmm. How would you tell someone what makes Las Vegas special? Well, you know, what's funny is at Tiabi, our Tiabi Maryland store, um, I call that area on Maryland in Flamingo, that whole, if you, that three mile radius, I call it the incubator section of Las Vegas because I feel like everyone who moves to Vegas lives somewhere within that vicinity because it's close to the airport, it's close to the strip. Um, everything is kind of within arm's reach there. Um, so I get a lot of people that move to that area and they're like, we're, we're new. What do we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like what finds them the most comfort is get, like knowing that Vegas, a lot of things are accessible and they're just like within city. Like most people freak out when I'm like, oh, you could hike at Red Rock and it's like 30 minutes from here. Or, oh, you could go downtown. They're looking for like something um, cultural. I always, I always tell them to come downtown, you know, Arts District, the whole thing. Um, and just like the different things that Vegas has to offer that when you know as a local, especially living here for so long, um, and it just brings people at home, um, you know, kind of just pointing them in the right direction. I feel like uh, many people who move to Vegas just have no clue. Like, you know, like, where is my normal store? Where is this? Where, you know, so best thing to do, head to your local coffee shop because we'll just tell you everything. And I'll, I'll even tell tourists. I'm like, do you want like touristy stuff or do you want like stuff that locals do? Um, because there's this whole other culture outside of the strip. And then there is a local culture on the strip, especially for employees that do work on the strip and have that kind of lifestyle working in the casinos. Um, so there's lots of, there's lots of different wavelengths, I think, going in the city. So, yeah. I love that term, wavelengths, because yeah. that's really what it is. Each of us mm -hmm. radiates. I mean, literally, we have a magnetic field, so I <laughs> But we all radiate our unique personalities mm -hmm. and we're all kind of creating this this tapestry right. that is Las Vegas. And I love that you said, visit your local coffee shop. It's like a perfect plug <laughs> because your your shop here at the center is called The Jolt. Yes. So I want you to share what that means and how you came to that. <laughs> so The Jolt, the name, came from um, a coffee drink that we had at our other um, store. It's called The Java Jolt at Tiabi. Um, and we pretty much were like, oh, we want to open up a new cafe in the center. What are we going to do? And then someone said, let's give them, you know, a jolt. haha, -ha, like the Java jolt. But then I, we were thinking, this has to mean something. You know, it can't just be, oh, we're a caffeinated place. It has to mean something. So Tiabi stands for to inspire and be inspired. That's our mantra for how we carry ourselves, how we want the company to be. So I was like, okay, let's come up with another um, acronym for the jolt. Hold and, on. Before we get there, uh -huh. you just gave 
me something new. <laughs> okay. To inspire and be inspired. Yes. I love that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That actually, me and my old business partner, we came up with that at co- in college at UNLV. And um, it was just something that we thought of, like, no matter what you do, you should always just live. If you live in inspiration and passion, then you're going to be living with purpose, right? So that's kind of like why we, you know, it was kind of our catchphrase between each other. And then when we were thinking of what to name our coffee shop, um, we're like, oh, well, Tiabi, we could do that. It means something to us, you know, and then it just kind of caught on. So, and then the jolt is jump on the love train, which I think is great for here at the center um, because we want everyone to just, you know, feel included and loved and, you know, just get on that love train when you're going on the the bad train, get on the love train. Like, so that's what, um, the jolt is stands for. And, um, you'll actually see it on our, our menu. Um, we have our, our specials, like our community specials is jump on the love train specials. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And love is perhaps my favorite thing. Oh. And for a number of reasons, I, you know, my, my personal purpose, I believe is to be love period. Mm. And so there's there's so many types of love. Our our English language has one word. I love my French fries. I love my puppy. I love mm. my spouse. I love my mom. And it's all one word. But in other languages, they have different words for different types of love. Mm. And my favorite is agape, oh. which is really an unconditional love, meaning it's just the essence of who I am. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do. It's just I love because that's what I am. It's a wow. brotherly, generous, charitable love. Oh, I love that. I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah, well, we'll talk about I that one. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. But what what you, you give me with that is the love train. I, I've been being more intentional with my travels mm. because I haven't traveled in so long. Okay. You know, I don't just jump on an airplane anymore and just go. Mm-hmm. Now I think about, well, maybe I'll actually drive there. Maybe I'll take a train. And maybe I'll see what the, the land is like mm-hmm. on the way to my destination. Mm. And for me, that's a, a way of life is enjoying the journey. And oh, so wow. even in your story about how you ended up naming it the jolt, I saw a journey through that. <laughs> yeah, so. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Um, it's That's interesting that you think of travel that way. That's like... Yeah, it's about the journey itself, too, even in the way you travel, right? Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Well, that was a gift from the COVID-19 pandemic because, (laughs) you know, life just had to change and be different. Yeah. I really was blessed to reevaluate a lot of things Mm -hmm. because I was so busy. I'm still super busy. Like, no kidding. But (laughs) I was so, so busy and, and I wasn't purposeful. Mm. And so purpose, I think, is something that all of us are longing for. Right. Some call it spirituality. Mm. But for me, spirituality, purpose, faith, all of that is really the same thing at the core. So I want to shift a little bit and talk about the things that you do and mm. your purpose. So would you share a little bit about just, just why you're here? Um, like in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I will go based off of probably, um, I guess, personal testimonial from other people in my life. Um, I would say my purpose, the things that I know that I'm, I'm do pretty well at is I'm good at, um, connecting. I'm good at 
like bringing people people together. Um, I'm good at hosting people together. Um, I like I used to be um, a photographer on the strip, and they used yeah. That's why I'm like oh the strip life. I you know working on the strip. I get it. Um, but my one of my managers he always used to call me the glue because he was just like the team functions differently when the glue is here because it's kind of like you're just I don't know how. You know, that I've also been called very, um, like most people can trust me for some reason. And I know that's a thing, you know, being able to trust. Yes. It's, it's hard. Um, but I have, I've been blessed. That's definitely one of my gifts. You know, um, I feel like the reason why I'm here is because um, I can provide an outlet for people to, I always wanted the coffee shops to be a place where people can express ultimate creativity. Um, food is a very easy way to connect people together. Yes. We eat every day, you know, and then creating the environment that's a coffee shop is just another realm to it, right? So we're creating that place for people to connect over coffee or food and just come together as a community. Um, Tiabi is actually one of the reasons why um, we started a coffee shop was because we just felt like um, back then, 2013, there wasn't enough places for people to just gather and to um, connect in a different way. Um, and it's, you know, it's funny. And I know I'm just going to stray away from your conversation, but it's funny because I'm so busy with all of the coffee shops and stuff, right? And you talked about being busy um, or busier before COVID, right? I recently had coffee with someone when, um, last week and we ended up talking for two hours, but it wasn't like anything. Um, I mean, we were there to talk about one thing and it was business related, but we spent maybe like 15 minutes talking about it, but we just started to talk about life and like, and those kind of conversations, like in depth life and just bringing like, you know, your, um, your histories together and seeing like your, your your journey versus my journey kind of thing. And it was just so great. And I was like very happy to have done that. And I'm like, I need to do that more often. And it was in a coffee shop that wasn't one of my coffee shops, which is what I have to do sometimes. So I'm not working. Um, But that's what happened. And I'm like, this is what we do. We create these environments where we can express ourselves when people can connect. Um, I mean, Yeah, it's a very fulfilling job. I will tell you that because just being able to see people come together and then, I mean, I've seen funny stuff too. Like, I can imagine. Yeah, like my regulars going out on dates, that is funny. Really? That is so funny because they'll be like, was it good? So some love connection. Right. Yeah, they'll come before the date and then afterwards, and they'll be like, "So did it, did it look like we were vibing? That was like the first date, you know? I gotta bring them here." And I'm like, "I think I saw something." And sometimes I'm like, "How did you feel about it?" Like, you know. So um, I think that's why you know that's I think that's really why I'm here. You know, I've always been that kind of person that loves to bring people together. Um, I love the um, the greatest thing that I love about being a coffee shop owner, you know, having the honor to do so for this long, first of all, um, the Las Vegas community has really blessed us. We've been open since 2013. So we're hitting that 10 year mark soon. Um, and it's just when you're really involved in your community and when something crazy happens, like a pandemic, you see people like come through and show up. 
and just really be there for you in whether it's just seeing a friendly face, whether it's just, um, you know, being that person to talk to. Um, I didn't realize how vital we were actually until the pandemic happened. And um, I have customers come in and they were like, we just, you know, we're, yeah, we want the coffee. We want the waffles. We want the pastries and whatever. But they're like, well, we just wanted to see someone. And you're like our person, you know, or the Tiabi, you know, or is their place. Um, so the Jolt, unfortunately, couldn't stay open because the center closed. But we were able to connect with people in a completely different way. That was incredible as well. Um but that's what it was. It was that connection. So here at the center, um, the jolt became a part of delivering with dignity. And really, yeah. Have you heard of delivering with dignity? Have I heard of it? <laughs> it's actually one of our partners for Compassionate Las Vegas. Oh yeah. So didn't even know this beforehand. Please go yes. ahead. So we do about three hundred meals Monday through Thursday here at the Jolt. Can I have a high five? Yay! Oh, my <laughs> And we started early on with them, and this has gone on. And let me tell you, it is when we went to go deliver those meals and hand out those meals and um, just connecting with the community like that was just crazy. Like we had people um, like crazy good. We had people calling us, um, you know, just saying like, you know, like, God bless you. Thank you so much. You don't know how much I need this. Um, just to have like two, because food is a problem, right? You know, especially during time of pandemic food, it becomes, it's, you know, like we, you've seen everything with the news and to get something delivered to you when you're, um, in that at risk community, um, a lot of people would call us or even send me emails just saying, thank you so much, because it's the one thing that they can look forward to, you know, and just knowing that, um, a driver is going to come. Don't worry about eating today, especially the families. It's hard. It's so hard. So we're so happy to, um, be a part of that and to still carry it on and to still, you know, go, with and be a part of delivering with dignity it's just it's just incredible so no that's that's amazing yeah. and i i did a delivery oh, and okay what <laughs> i messed it up okay so <laughs> i don't know how they're doing it now but back then you had to log into this like app thing and it was supposed mm-hmm. to tell you your route and everything mm-hmm. i didn't do any of that they just i just went on the list and went to everybody and i'm like I hope they know that the people got their food because i did not follow directions yeah but one stop in particular was an elderly lady who, I mean, was just radiating light. Mm. And she was so grateful to me for bringing it. And I'm like, it's an honor to be able to bring you this mm-hmm. and to, to to brighten your day. Like, I'm doing this because I'm blessed with abundance and mm-hmm. I want to share. And she was so grateful. She's like, well, I want to give you a tip or something. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not here for that at all. Yeah. But she just wanted to show her gratitude mm-hmm. in some sort of meaningful way. Right. So I told her to pay it forward. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, it, it's such an amazing and vital program. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're doing that, I mean, just takes this to a whole nother level. Yeah. One other thing I'll say is what I heard from you is the, the fact that third spaces are essential. Mm-hmm. Having a place for people to just be that's not home, mm-hmm. not work, yeah. but somewhere that they can be in community, even if they don't actually talk to others. Right. I will go to a coffee shop and just work. Yeah, And I mean, I have a great office at home. I've got a great office office. But sometimes it's mm-hmm. just being around other people and feeling that wavelength. 
Yes. That makes a huge difference. Yeah, that just that just um, personal connection, I think, is just – it's so important. I have a little at-home office, too, but I'll tell you how many times my creativity will just get plugged because I'm sitting there, but I know behind me is, like, chores or, like, oh, you know, that grocery list isn't finished. Oh, I need a – you know, a million things run through when you're at home unless I'm just chilling and I turn completely off. Um, but, yeah, that's what a coffee shop is. It's that place where you can touch base and connect, but it's not, it's almost not as formal as a dinner, you know, but Hey, we can keep it casual. We can just, you know, connect and for, for a little piece of time. And then, I mean, what a better catalyst than coffee or tea or something to just kind of like give you that little perk. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) So I'm a total tea person. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I have probably 30 different flavors, you know, in the little tins on my desk in my Mm -hmm. home office. I got a little kettle set up so that I can always have a different tea. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love tea is it makes me feel very grounded. Mm. It can give you that little boost, but it's a little less, jolting yeah. than coffee. Yes. And so tea is very special for me. Mm-hmm. And then also the type of conversation I can have over tea right. is just different than a coffee conversation. Coffee for me feels business mm-hmm. and tea feels relational. That's just the me thing. Interesting. <laughs> okay. But I, I, I bring that into the conversation to, to loop in Earth Day. Okay. And grounding. Yes. And our connection to the planet. So yes. Guam being a, a very special place in that way, I'm mm-hmm. sure influences how you operate here. Yes. Share a little bit about that. Well, it's funny that you bring up Guam because um, that is kind of why um, I'm always, I'd say, like resource conscious. Because Guam, we have so many typhoons all year long. And when you have a typhoon, um, it's, it's the same as a hurricane. If anyone wants to know, it just goes in a different direction. And it, they can be bigger because they're over the ocean, right? Um, and a little stronger, but the same thing. So um, sometimes you go without power, without water. Um, longest I ever been without power and water was two and a half months. Wow. So, yeah. So we're collecting rainwater. We're utilizing every single resource that we have. Um, so I am kind of, you know, like anything that comes to resources, I'm just like, oh, but we don't need to waste this. We don't need to do this. It's just kind of how I grew up. Um, so in relations to Earth Day, um, I mean, the I've always been, ever since I was a little kid, just like really like They've been talking about global warming my whole life, I feel. Now it's amplified, but they've been talking about this my whole life. So, like, um, when we had the opportunity to partner up with Bellwether Coffee Roaster, um, we we jumped on it because – it was an opportunity to roast coffee that has zero emissions. Wow. So all of our coffee is zero emission coffee. Um, it literally, all of the smoke that comes from a coffee roaster, the machine sucks it back in and it um, turns it back into energy. And we've been able to save about 10 coffee trees last year. Amazing. So yeah. And that's thousands of pounds of CO2. Yeah. I, I love that. And mm-hmm. I don't want to take us too far because we're, we're getting towards the end of our time together. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight what you just shared mm-hmm. because delivering with dignity, there are hungry people. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're hungry if you have no planet. And so I think that the way that we use our resources, we're at the point where there's no excuse for anyone being hungry, but there's also no excuse for pollution. Yeah. And I think you just highlight that with something 
as fundamental as capturing that emission and reusing it for energy. Yeah. And if the opportunity is there, you know, then we can definitely then do it. You know, um, there's a lot of little things that people do in their homes now. And I think COVID also sprung that up and just more people like being resourceful within their homes. Um, and, and that's great. And I feel like, you know, this is our earth, you know, this is where we live. We just need to, and we are the, um, I, I don't know if you want to say supreme being or like reigning, you know, being me and my brothers kind of have this joke that octopus will take over everyone and like a couple millenniums from now that's going to be like they're going to rule us but um for now we are the intelligent force here so like we should with that we should take the responsibility to do the best that we can you know and uh it's not like anything i feel like we can change overnight but i feel like with the good habits and like everyone just being a little more cost- conscious like if we can do it you know and we'll all get there eventually so or we could live underwater i'm cool with that too <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the octopus just it's grueling because they are so intelligent and I mean, if they ever brains? if they figure out how to like capture water and bring it on land See, I'm with you. See what I'm saying? When they figure out what a glass bubble is, there you go. We're done. (laughs) We're done. They're just gonna have a bubble over there. Isn't there like a cartoon? But um, yeah, that's our joke because we're like they're really smart and they're really intelligent. They just need to figure out how to get out of the water, and then we're done. So yeah. (laughs) All right. So as we close, I have a few questions I try to ask every guest. Okay. And the first one is, how do you define compassion? I can I define compassion. Okay, I have a personal definition. Um, And the reason why this is personal is because I feel sometimes it's very easy to forget compassion and exactly what that is and how hard it can be sometimes. I define it as the act of loving, of loving somebody, um, or not somebody, but it's just the act of love um, that, you know, and understanding, taking the time, and nothing is ever really black and white. Take the time to understand and and then understand where that, that you know, the situation is coming from or the person is coming from. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's more of like a feeling. Because sometimes I feel like when people don't, when they forget compassion, they can easily forget um, everything else that comes with that. You know, kind of like um, forgiveness or even like um, love even, you know, sometimes it's just easier to be like get caught up in a yes, no and kind of situation, you building walls and whatever. Um, and I feel like compassion is a reminder that life is not that way and that things can be different. And I actually, I use compassion a lot because um, it's very easy to get, especially if you're in a cynical environment or selfish environment, um, just like have a little compassion, take a little time before you act a certain way or just react, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, As a business owner, you employ compassion? I try to. I really do. Even with customers that irritate me, I really do. I really, really do. And I try and tell them, you know, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but I've told customers multiple times if they're upset or mad because something took too long or order got lost, whatever. I I just tell them, I'm like, I'm on your side. 
like I kind of remind, I've said it so many times. I'm like, Hey, I'm on your side. I want you to get what you want. I want you to be happy. Um, this is just, you know, and I'll just say, this is what I'm dealing with or like, you know, and then usually, um, that kind of rectifies things. We have a rule and it's called the gen, the golden rule. And, um, it's pretty much a, if you approach all situations at work with a genuine and honest intention that you will produce a positive result. And it's one of the first things that I teach everybody when it's their first day is to be genuine because um, and approach things with a positive intention. You know, because if you have if you're dealing with a situation and you already have negative intention, like I'm going to, you know, like it's not my fault and all these things, then what is your result going to be? You know, so it's kind of like approach things with a positive intention and just from a genuine place. Because most of the time people respond to like an honest and genuine place. They'll be like, okay, this person person actually cares. Yeah. You know? And that's what we want people to know, especially in our cafes and like in the service industry. We're here because we want to do this for you. We want to create this for you. So yeah. I think that's a great way to, to <laughs> sum up that. Yeah. And I just want to highlight the the level of purpose that you are bringing to this space. I, admittedly, I I love all my baristas. That's the right barista. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. When I go to the, I have a couple major places I go to, and I know them by name. They know mm-hmm. me by name. Unfortunately, they also know my drink, and you know, I feel like I'm there <laughs> way too much. But it's, it's such a special thing because sometimes when we are, are at work. We think our job is so menial. Oh, oh my gosh, all I'm doing is making someone a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. No, you're creating an experience for someone. Mm-hmm. And that someone may be, you know, saving a life that day or that someone may be whatever. Exactly. And you get to take credit because you help them get off to a good start. Exactly. So there's there's so much purpose in that. Yeah. How do you, uh, let me back up and, and do this. I, I like to ask you to finish certain sentences. So okay. we'll do that. Uh, so I'll say the start of the sentence and you finish. Okay. All right. Inspiration is. Inspiration is, first thing that came to my mind is inspiration is love. And it is a moment where you get to capture something special, something magical even. And it's yours. Yeah. The most amazing thing about love is. It can be unconditional. And when it is, it's beautiful. Third spaces need to exist because? Because we need an outlet where we can be a different part of ourselves or even just our true self. Either way, it's another outlet for you. Love it. Mm -hmm. Last one. Hope matters. Always. Oh, <laughs> love that. Oh, my goodness. Okay, my last question for yeah. you, and then I want to dive into it because you've got some exciting things happening. Okay. My last one is, if you could pick a theme song for Las Vegas, what would that be? So, this is going to be crazy, but this is the first thing that came to mind. The theme from Friends, because it's just like... um you know, then um, it's like the the lyrics are like, um, you know, you never thought your life would turn out to be this way. Um, you know, you, I think it's like you're you're a joke, you're broke, your love life's um, DOA, like dead on arrival. Oh and then it's um, you know, and life sometimes you're in second gear, nah, nah, and it's like I'll be there for you, because it's kind of like when I first came to Vegas, I didn't know what the heck I was going to do, I didn't know what was going on, mm-hmm. and then you know, like I told you, like. Um, 
the city has really come through to me. Like in, some people have had different experiences here, but when I moved to Vegas, I just, I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of love. I have a lot of new things and it was like this wild and adventurous place. Um, but it came through and it still comes through and it's just like, um, you know, best example is delivering with dignity Yeah, because whole community. You get like the award for best Vegas theme song. <laughs> Hands down, because that, but it's so accurate. Because even after the 10 1 tragedy, mm-hmm. like yeah. we were there for each other, yeah. And that's that to me is the spirit of Vegas. And I always say we're a place of reinvention, yeah. And I think the reason people can reinvent here is because there's such a solid foundation of love and compassion mm-hmm. because you can really try here, and if you fall down, you can get back up, yeah. Absolutely. Like Vegas is, it's where people come to, I feel, find themselves Mm -hmm. and find their dreams. And it's crazy because you can, you can actually do that. Um, You know, and like, we love it. We love it. We cheer everyone on. We're just like, it's just, yeah, there's such love here. And if it's 3 a.m. and you're hungry... Yeah, you can find food. Oh yeah, that's the best part. That's the hardest part about leaving Vegas. Oh my gosh, yeah, like that's the hardest part about leaving Vegas. <laughs> All right, so tell us what you've got going on. So we have a lot of things going on. Um, we are celebrating International Waffle Day, March twenty fifth. Um, it's going to be at our Tiabi, Maryland, and Flamingo location, and we are working. Um, well, we're working, but we're also collaborating with the Byrne Foundation, um, and they're an amazing organization. Um, they, they generate funds for victims of fires and they're part of the, um, Southern Nevada fire department. So we're collaborating with them and we're doing a waffle eating competition. And we did the same thing last year. And pretty much it's however many waffles these firefighters can eat in five minutes. We will donate $10.00. Per waffle. $10 per waffle. $10 per waffle. This year, I'm also going to throw in a little bit of a bonus waffle because they really like the red velvet waffle. So I'm going to slide a couple red velvets in there. And if they get to the red velvet, then um, I'm going to add extra money. Probably it's going to be, yeah, if you get to the red velvet, you get double. So, (laughs) yeah. So that's what we're going to do this year. Um, And we like to do something fun, something with the community for International Waffle Day. So um, we're super excited. I know that the firefighters are excited and um, I'm a little scared because they're bringing some people who can eat, I've heard. (laughs) So I usually make about 70 waffles for this competition, but I think I'm going to make 100 and see what happens. Well, I'm excited now because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, that Waffle Day is a thing. Like, yes. that's amazing. Yeah. But then that you're using that for such good. Yeah. It's our way to give back. And it's it's fun. And, you know, I, it's a, just a great way to connect. And um, our customers love it. And they come out and check it out. And I've already, we did a post today on Instagram. And I already got some people like, oh, I'm going to come by. Check it out. I'm like, please do. So we can come and observe and watch? Yes. It's going to be outside of the store. So it's going to be right in front of the store. So you'll be able to kind of gather outside. All right. Well, you just may have some visitors to to see this. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. And then also here at the Jolt, we're going to be celebrating Earth Day. So that's coming up if you guys want to follow us. Um, We, I believe it's April 22nd. 
Yeah, April 22nd. Um, so about a month away. About a month away. We're celebrating Earth Day, and then we're going to, on the 23rd, we're going to have an event here okay. and have some local vendors, um, a local baker, some, we're going to do some really cool Earth Day stuff. Um, there's someone here at the center that wants to lead um, a sunrise drum meditation. So that's going to also happen to kind of kick the whole thing off. And that's going to be from 8 to 12 on the 23rd of April. Very nice. Yes. Okay. Well, if you do a sunrise at midday drum meditation, uh -huh. let me know. <laughs> You'll be there? Yeah. I'll tell them, yeah, we got to wrap this up with another drum drum meditation. <laughs> midday. Midday. Yeah, awesome. I got you. Thank you so much for being a part yeah. of the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. You are a gem for our city and <laughs> it's it's just incredible to be in your physical presence. I'm still excited because we're like physically together. This is not Zoom. This is not a Zoom taping, everyone. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know. It's great. It's great to to feed off of each other because just seeing other people, it just it's just yeah, it's refreshing, it's revitalizing. I love sure. it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. This okay. has been Compassionate Las Vegas, the podcast. I'm Will Brucker. And as I always remind you, you are not just a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. And what you do matters. So live compassionately.